morning. Um, Jerem asked me a few weeks ago if I could um, share a devotion from the book of Proverbs. Uh, and I'd recently been doing some study on the book of Proverbs um, as part of a survey of the Old Testament that um, I've been working my way through. So I said, yes, I would. Um, and a whole lot of things came to mind immediately. Um, but then as I worked through the process of pulling this together, I actually found that my focus began to change a little bit. And uh, where I've ended up is actually um, not where I started out from. Um, but just before I do, just a quick bit of introduction. Um, I think I know most people here, but um, I'm Michael, um, married to Christine. Uh, we have four grown-up daughters. Uh, Sorry, three and four. Have you lost track? Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes it felt like four. Um, uh, the four actually is the number of grandchildren that we have so far. Um, and uh, we've lived in Wellington for 30 years, came here for work 30 years ago. Um, didn't know how long we were going to be here or where we would uh, eventually end up, but we're here and it looks like we're here to stay. Um, Christine and I are both 40 years walking with the Lord uh, this year. Um, me in, at the end of June and Christine in the middle of August. Um, and I'm happy to say that, that both of us are still... Uh, we're still students, we're still pupils, and um, me especially, uh, but we are very fortunate to, um, that that's been our experience. Um, we've been part of the street community for about six years, we think. Uh, we can't remember exactly when it started, but uh, six years, and, um, and we love being part of the journey that the street's on, and I think that it's a real privilege to be part of uh, a church community that's not satisfied with just doing the same thing week after week and year after year. Um, and I, it's my view that the street is it's still moving um, and we're going places that I really want to go. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the 21st of May as well, um, that All Together Day, um, celebrating where we've come from, and I think we should always do that. Um, celebrating where we are now, but also looking forward to, to where it is that, that God wants to take us next. Um, anyway, back to the book of Proverbs. Um, I love the book of Proverbs. It's one of my favourite go-to places. I, lo- I love the whole of God's Word, but... Proverbs is a place that I often go to when I'm actually uh, grappling with a situation, uncertain about uh, what decision I should make, how we should move forward. Um, And I'll go there and just spend some time there. And so what I'm going to be sharing with you uh, this morning is, is a little bit about the way I understand the book of Proverbs but also the way that I go there and the way that God speaks to me. And uh, I'm also aware that about, was it 
12 months ago or 18 months ago, we did a short series on series of sermons on the book of Proverbs. So I won't go into in too much detail about, about the book itself. Um, but I am one of those people that likes to understand <laughs> why things are the way that they are. And so for me, I like to understand who wrote the book of Proverbs, um, how he pulled that book together, uh, who he wrote it for, um, you know, where it sits within the overall collection of works that we call the Bible, and what the purpose of that is. So, um, very briefly, uh, and the reason I like to do that is because it gives me some insights into how to interpret what's there, how to understand it, uh, and also how I can help others to understand it as well. So, the book of Proverbs is part of the, um, the part of the Bible that's about what we call the books of poetry. And they are effectively guidance for us on how to live the life of faith, how to live a life in relationship with God. It starts in our Bible with the book of Job and then uh, the book of Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Songs and uh, finishes with the book of Ecclesiastes. And I'll, I'll touch on several of those as, uh, as I go through this morning. So, um, book of Proverbs uh, was pulled together by Solomon, who was one of the kings of Israel. And uh, he was the son of David. And on the night that he became king, Solomon, immediately after his father died, he acceded to the throne. And on that night, uh, the Lord said to him, ask me for whatever, whatever you want. And Solomon uh, asked for wisdom to be the best leader that he could possibly be best leader of the people of Israel that he could possibly be and um, 1 Kings 4 says God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore he Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs which is way more than what we have in the book of Proverbs. So there was, uh, you know, there's more wisdom than what is just there in that book. Uh, from all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who have heard of that wisdom. So the book of Proverbs is, that, is a collection of some of those sayings of Solomon, some of those uh, words of wisdom that are recorded for our benefit. And the book itself starts, so uh, starting in Proverbs 1, says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. 
for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man or young woman, to let, let a wise person listen and increase learning and let a discerning person obtain guidance for understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. So Proverbs is essentially an instructional book for us. And it's instructional in all areas of our lives. Um, then in terms of the book, there's, there's a couple of sections within it. The first nine chapters are a series of discussions, a series of allegories that personify wisdom and folly as being two women. Uh, on the one hand, Lady Wisdom appeals to everyone to follow her ways, while Lady Follow seeks to... Sorry, Lady Folly seeks to entice and persuade everyone to follow her. And this uh, device of contrasting folly and wisdom is actually the main device that's used throughout this whole book. And uh, so, and we'll see that contrast um, used in in different ways. But essentially, uh, in these first nine chapters, the way of wisdom leads to blessing, and the way of folly leads to destruction and downfall. And I'll just uh, read a quick section from uh, chapter nine, where it starts out by speaking to or speaking of uh, wisdom. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for your own benefit. If you mock, you alone will bear the consequences. Goes on, folly is a rowdy woman. She is gullible and knows nothing. She sits by the doorway of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling to those who pass by, who do not, sorry, who go straight ahead in their paths. Whoever is an experienced enter here. Now, um, folly is not a word that we use very much in in modern in our modern language, um, but it comes effectively. It comes from the same uh, source as the word fool. We use the word fool still nowadays. <laughs> And in general, nowadays, when we talk about fools, we talk about people of, with not much intelligence. But the, in the sense that it's used here in the book of Proverbs, it's a bit wider than that. And it, it actually encompasses people who are intemperate or, or act uh, without thinking or without caring about the consequences or in a selfish way. Um, it can, it's, it's that broader sense and, um, and I think we can all think of people that 
uh, in the world's eyes can be successful or or intelligent, but their actions or the way that they approach the world is actually anything, uh, you know, it's, it's foolishness. And wisdom is the contrast to folly or foolishness. And wisdom is is where we do think carefully about the, the actions that we take and the, the way that we look at situations and understand them. And wisdom is the application of truth in any situation that we find ourselves. Every situation in life is different and the right way to act or understand it might not always be the same. But there is always a right way and a wrong way to act. Well, there's always a right way and lots of wrong ways to act. And the book of Proverbs, and in fact, the whole Bible, can't provide us with, with explicit instructions or explicit guidance on every situation in which we find ourselves. And so we need to... We need to approach all of those situations thinking about so what is the way of wisdom and and what is the way that I need to follow here so what it does is it talks to us the um, book of Proverbs talks to us about the importance of making the right decisions taking the right perspective on things about how we should act or how we should understand and that's called wisdom. So, and then after the initial nine chapters in Proverbs, there's uh, about 20 chapters, most of the rest of the book, which is what we would normally think of as Proverbs, little sayings that are um, usually in two parts or sometimes three parts. They either can contrast folly and wisdom or uh, give us a God's perspective or God's way of looking at different situations and it's in that that we find wisdom I have things jumping around all over the place and I just have to quickly look every now and then find the eruption um, and so one other thing we need to bear in mind in thinking about Proverbs is that they are, while they are truth, they're not promises. They're not hard and fast rules that we can apply and always get the same outcome. Where if we do something, something else will always happen. And some examples are... uh, that it says in, uh, in Proverbs that the years of the wicked are cut short while the righteous live long and prosperous lives. And it says the righteous have abundant food, but the wicked will go hungry. While these sorts of statements are generally true, we all know of enough exceptions that they're not always going, that life doesn't always work out that way. And um, 
So while they give us a general rule, uh, they're not promises that will always work out in a certain way. So um, how do I take guidance from the book of Proverbs? If I'm looking uh, for guidance from the Lord, um, rarely will I go to the book of Proverbs and have something jump out at me and say, this is what you need to do. And in fact, I, I was struggling to think of a time when that actually was the case. But if we go back to the very start of the book, it says, this book is for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction and righteousness, justice and integrity. And what I find is that by going and spending time in this book, reflecting on the contrast between wisdom and folly, and allowing God to start to talk to me through that contrast and through that reflection, that I'll always find clarity on whatever it is that I need to find clarity on. Going back to what I said before, wisdom is knowing how to apply truth in any situation. And truth is to be found in the book of Proverbs and in fact in the whole of the Bible. And it's through that book that he often reveals that truth to me and I hope it's the same for everyone else. And um, just on a really practical sort of sense, one of the things that I do, there's... uh, 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, 30 or 31 days in most months, Um, I'll often just go to the chapter in Proverbs that corresponds to the day of the month. And um, while I think, you know, we need to be careful doing things like that, which is a little bit random, um, it's a bit like, you know, some people sort of stick their finger inside the Bible and open it up and, and go for that. Um, because the book of Proverbs is really just a, is a reasonably unstructured collection of thoughts about wisdom, I think it is safe to go and do that. So I'll go to that, that chapter. And uh, so just quickly, um, today's the 16th. Um, chapter 16 just checking my time here but not going on too long Um, chapter 16 starts out um, the reflections of the heart belong to mankind but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord all a person's ways seem right to him but the Lord weighs motives and they're speaking about what's important is actually what's the, the motives that are within us and that's, the, that's the, the wise perspective I would take from reading that. So it's not always what we see on the outside that's important. Because for God, what's important is actually what's going on on the inside. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. That's uh, something that we're encouraged to do actually several times in different ways to the Proverbs. Uh, the Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. And I could imagine that Solomon, uh, 
at some point has encountered a situation where um, some people have come to him for advice or judgment uh, about a bunch of people who are doing wicked things. And he was able to, uh, taking God's perspective, be able to say that, you know, that, that there is a purpose in that, in that particular situation. And that that's all part of God's plan. Uh, it says, everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. And that's that, uh, you know, if you fa- follow the ways of wisdom, you're, you're, you will be blessed. But if you don't follow the ways of wisdom, if you follow the ways of folly, then there is going to be an accounting for that at some point. And then verse 6, iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness, but one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. And that brings me to what the, the, the thing that the Lord pointed out to me in going back to the book of Proverbs. And it's something that's mentioned several times. I, haven't actually, I didn't actually look, but it's, there's a reasonable number of times. The heart of this book is a confession that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is inextricably related to God. And wisdom without him is perhaps one of the biggest follies that there is. And we, can, we don't need to look any further than Solomon himself, who wrote the book. And who God, it, it says in one place, that he would be the wisest person that ever lived before him and after him. Uh, and as I read out at the, at the start, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. And yet Solomon was also the man who later in life found himself far from God, far from the Lord. He was led to pursue other gods. He uh, created shrines to other gods, made offerings on those shrines. And, um, and we... The, that final book in the book of poetry, books of poetry, is the book of Ecclesiastes. And that's the book that starts out, absolute futility, says the teacher. This is Solomon writing this book. Absolute futility, everything is futile. And then he carries on a bit later, says, See, I have amassed wisdom far beyond all those who were over Jerusalem before me. And my mind has thoroughly grasped wisdom and knowledge. I applied my mind to know wisdom and knowledge, madness and folly. I learned that this too is pursuit of the wind. For with much wisdom is much sorrow. As knowledge increases, grief increases. In the book of Ecclesiastes we hear from a man who is far from God. In fact he may have even almost abandoned is God. Wisdom in and of itself is of no eternal value if it's not solidly founded on a fear of the Lord 
and exercised within that frame of reference. Proverbs 1 7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. King David, who was Solomon's father, compiled the book of Psalms, which in the Bible comes just before the book of Proverbs. Uh, and it's a source of guidance and understanding about who the Lord is and how we should relate to him. Psalms 14 and 53 both start, the fool says in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt, they do vile deeds. These are the fools or foolish. They are corrupt, they do vile deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the human race see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. All have turned away, all alike have become corrupt, there is no one who does good, not even one. You see, just as wisdom without God is futile, life without God is also futile. And without the compass of his truth and his presence we all revert to our basic state which is selfish unthinking we don't always think about the consequences and and, uh, we choose the way of folly but as I said before wisdom involves the exercise of choice (coughs) and choosing the way of wisdom or the way of folly so the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The wisest moment in my life was when I re- realised that without God, my life was futile. Until then, I'd been living a life in pursuit of Lady Folly. But the moment I reached out to God, the moment I acknowledged that he could have been there, and opened my heart to that possibility. He, uh, I became aware of a God who knew me before I was born, knew everything about me, and actually wanted to express his love for me and for me to express my love for him. And that, that inspired a fear in me. That, now, that's not fear as a, as a terror, you know, feeling terrified or without hope or hopeless. It's, a, it's an awe of being in the presence and, and being in connection with, uh, with a God who loves me and, and is that close to me. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. But the fear of God is the beginning. Sorry, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So, but being aware of God didn't actually deal with my state. 
And um, just repeating the words of the psalmist that I read before, all have turned away, all alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. That's our problem. That's everyone's problem, and that was my problem. Pursuit of lady folly creates a gulf, an, an uncrossable gulf between us and God. But as we remembered last weekend, and as we remember whenever we take communion, is that God actually has created a way for that, for that gulf to be crossed. And that's that. That's the work of his. That's the work of his son, Jesus. His death on the cross and his resurrection. And just simply, and very simply, acknowledging that and putting your faith in that is all that's required in order to bridge that gulf. And that moment for me was, as I said before, nearly 40 years ago. And it was a moment that changed my life forever. And, um, and if there's anyone that wants to talk more about that, come and talk to me or come and talk to any one of the people that are here this morning and, and you know, they'll be able to share that story with you. So their story will be the same. The wisest thing that I can tell you is to, is to open yourselves to that possibility. And the wisest thing that you can do is to allow him to re- reveal himself to you in that way. Mm-hmm. I'll just finish uh, with, again, the words of the psalmist. In Psalm 34, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person who takes refuge in him. You who are his holy ones, fear the Lord. For those who fear him lack nothing. I think, um, I think if we just pray, please, Natalia. We'll just pray. And, um, and yeah, if there's anyone that wants to know more about that afterwards, you know, say there's lots of us here that are willing to to uh, share our story with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've revealed yourself to us. Thank you for the reminder this morning that Without you, even amazing things like wisdom are of no value to us. Lord, that has to be connected to you. That has to be inspired by you. It has to have life spoken into it by you. We thank you so much that... uh, You've given us your son that we can have that connection with you, that we can be close to you the way that we are. And we ask, Lord, for your help in the week ahead too, that as we encounter 
different challenging situations in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities. Lord, we only need to reach out to you to find the right